Well, good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is December 7th, 2023. With only 23 days left in this year, we just wanted to take some time to say how extremely grateful we are for all the things that the Lord is doing in this body. With announcements of children coming into this world, the announcements of children that will come into this world, godly pursuit of courtship, LCM, this is incredible. When we look across the One Association as a whole, God is doing something special in our community. In light of that, we wanted to remind you that you guys, as a community, we are on the precipice of the greatest expansion that this community has ever seen. And every single one of you, LCM, has played a role along with our brothers in the One Association. And in this last month, December 2023, that would never repeat itself in history ever again, we are experiencing the manifold wisdom of our Father being made known to us regarding his people, Israel, and what a privilege it is for us as Gentiles to see God's will come about. Well, I think we ought to follow in the example of our pastor and start with reflecting on the word that we heard on Sunday entitled yeah. Mystery. We should do that. Yeah. We came away with the following points. In Romans eleven twenty four through 27, if unnatural branches can be grafted in as wild olive shoots, then certainly, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. the natural branches of Israel will be grafted back into their own olive tree. Yeah, yeah Gabe, if he can do it for us... And we're the wild, Pastor Nick, the, the wild, unnatural branches, for sure. He can absolutely do it for the natural branches. For sure, Pastor Eric. What about Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 32, where we learn that there is a profound mystery that Paul is speaking about, where we are to learn about our relationship to our spouses through Christ's relationship to the church and not the other way around. What? In fact, we're supposed to have the theomorphic view of how God deals with his bride. And in turn, we learn how to deal with our brides and our spouses. Yes. We learned in Ezekiel 36, 20, verses 24 through 30, the process of perfection for his bride, bringing about her complete purity without sin and being fully married to her groom. Yeah. We get inspired to learn that in Ephesians 5, as Paul's writing, his inspiration was Ezekiel chapter 36. I loved it. Man, it was incredible. In fact, when we considered the entire book of Ephesians, we learned about the sevenfold mystery that Paul states in regards to Israel's ultimate destiny. Somebody say destiny. Destiny. Restoration, salvation, and perfection. In considering Revelation chapter 1 and 2, where we see the groom speaking to his bride, made up of both Jew and Gentile. That's me. With a call to do the things they did at first. Yeah. First, a renewal of a love for Israel and a desire for the Jewish people. And also a reminder to love one another. This call to the church in Ephesus from Revelation 2 was, uh, well, it was the same call for us. That's right. That we must first look like Christ with one another 
doing the same things as we did at first before we can bring the knowledge and actions of Messiah to the rest of the world and bring that road all the way back to Jerusalem. Have you guys been being blessed by the revelation that's coming out of this church? Now be honest with us. In the last month, have you felt the ever-increasing responsibility, the weight to tighten things up in your households? To tighten things up in your marriage? To tighten things up in your parenting, your teams, maybe even at your workplace? What? Well, yeah, it is no different for us, LCM. We feel the exact same weight and responsibility. And honestly, it's producing beautiful things in our lives. If we do say so ourselves. My brother and I met last night to prepare for the sermon. And as is our usual custom, we spent half of the time just talking about what was going on in our lives. And then trusted what we'd share with you guys would be an extension of that conversation. We centered our discussion around the promises of God. The promises that we know to be true. And as men, we know to be unshakable. Standing firm by trusting in the character of the faithful king. But if we're being honest. If we're being honest, Gabe. And we are. We had a few moments where we might have been a little less than unshakable. Yeah. Maybe a little less than resolute and immutable. Yeah. Moments where we felt like the ground was moving beneath our feet. Yeah. Feeling like our knees were buckling under the weight of time. Because there was an uncertainty of whether we would truly see what the Lord had said come about. Elsie, were we the only ones that feel this way? Have you felt this way recently? Can you relate to how we feel? Well, we want to say this, that we've all been there. And that that's why we need the very word of God to help us incline our hearts and instruct us in the way we're supposed to go. So we're going to do something tonight, Gabe. We're going to do it. We're going to do the blast from the past. Somebody say blast from the past. Blast from the past. And we're going to go right back to the beginning of the Bible. Start turning in your Bibles to Genesis. And we're going to see that this is something that men and women of God have always wrestled with. Now, when we get to Genesis, you're probably wondering, well, Genesis is a large book, Abimbola. Which part of Genesis? I'm glad you asked. Somebody prophesied. Jaron. <laughs> We're going to go to Genesis chapter 18, and we're going to read this in the ESV. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Are you guys there in Genesis 18? We're going to pick up in verse 13. The Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Hmm. (laughs) Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. All right, LCM, listen up. Listen up. Listen up. Eyes up here. Forget for a moment that you are on this side of history, and you have access to Genesis chapter 18 and the rest of the canon of Scripture. And engage for a moment as if you are Abraham listening to God saying this to you. And your only reference is the historical time period from Genesis chapter 1 leading into Genesis chapter 18. You with me? What will you be thinking when God says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Hmm. Would you start to immediately think about 
All the other examples of the scriptures, like him splitting the Red Sea, you know, manna from heaven, providing ravens to feed Elijah. We just start thinking about all these other scriptures, all these other examples, all these historical things that God does, even though it's never happened. If you're Abraham in front of the Lord. He was a blessed man, but he wasn't a time traveler. He wasn't. Or, somebody say or. Or. Would you look to your life as a reference and an example? Would you look to the history of the world up until that point, and would it, would it invoke emotions inside of you because you know deep down God has been faithful to you again and again and again, and he's proven himself to you time and time and time again? If you were Abraham, would you remember that out of nothingness, the tohu of ohu, the chaos and disorder of chap- Genesis chapter 1, that God did not just bring about something nice for us to golf clap to. That's, that's very nice. He brought about the most creative, the most magnificent creation that the human race has ever seen for all time, never to be met again. If out were... of darkness. Yeah. Somebody say out of darkness. In fact, if you were Abraham, would you remember the events of Genesis chapter 6 when the whole world lost its mind in full rebellion to God and the Lord found only one man and his family worthy to be saved? Would you remember that out of that dark time in history that there was a light of salvation that God brought about? Would you remember if you were Abraham four chapters ago when you had to face four formidable kings? Yeah, these guys were putting out giants games. I mean, they were strapping a beating on their neighbors. And you, with your covenant members and the men trained in your household, went and gained victory because your God helped you? Come on, LCM. What other conclusion could you ever come to if you were Abraham other than God is the God above every other God, that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that he is in the business of bringing about life right out of darkness, chaos, and death, that there is absolutely nothing that is hard for him to do, nothing that is untouchable out of his reach, nothing too difficult, nothing too impossible, nothing that is hard for him to do. So with that being said, Gabe, we have a question to ask our family. I think we should ask. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No! Of Of course course not! The title of today's sermon, Of Course Not. (laughs) We're going to move to what the Lord says about himself in Isaiah 44. Because what better testimony of the character of the Lord than the Lord himself? Let's just put it up on the screen. We're going to pull that up on the screen. Starting in verse 6. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God. Who is like me? Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times when I established a people and explained its future. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purpose for you long ago? You are my witness. Is there any other God? No. No. There is no other rock. Not one. God's election of Israel is proof that his word has not and will not ever be changed. He picked them when they were slaves in Egypt. And he is prophesying to this, uh, this to them again in the midst of impending captivity. Church, 
He is the God of what is impossible for us. And the truth is, is he intentionally picks impossible things for us to do so that it can show his glory. His character has never changed and his methods have never changed. He is consistent. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. Do you guys agree with this? Of course you are, you LCM. But when I engaged with this, Gabe, I thought about the times where I messed up, had shaken knees, had weak faith, even had a misstep waiting on God's promises. No way. Man, what if I had a, a Genesis chapter 3 moment in the midst of everything going well and perfect, but I demonstrated very bad character, and my actions were displeasing to the Lord and his word, and I made a mess of everything, Gabriel? Mm. What if in all this, all I can see is a limitation on my body, and it seems like life will never come out of it. What if? Well, luckily we have a very good older brother that also recorded all of his life for us. We're going to start with Genesis 25. So just a few pages to your right in the Bible. You won't have to get far out of Genesis for most of this <laughs> message. <laughs> Now, we're going to clinch a little bit here. Yeah, please, please we're, help us. We're going to bring it in a, a little close. Genesis 25, 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. Amen. See, the truth is, is that the Lord loves the barren and the dead things. It's his, uh, it's his preferred method of evangelism. Talking about my life, I hope that most of you know, but my wife and I have been fighting for kids for about three years now, and uh, we've had bad reports, we've had struggles with cycles happening or happening too frequently, we've had quite a few issues uh, trying to figure these things out, and most recently we had a doctor's visit where we were going to do a scan to make sure that everything was actually there and in its place. Yeah. And, you know, I stood before the scan and have been for many years. I say many, many for me. And saying, of course the Lord's going to do it. Of course he is. I'm not worried about this. He said it. He will do it. And even if the scan came back negative, we would, the Lord would work it out anyways. The funny thing is, though, after the scan, I found myself extraordinarily relieved because it came back with good news. So what does that mean about all of the things I said about not being worried about it and that it doesn't matter? I know this might just be me, but have you all ever been about to enter a meeting that you said, I don't care how it goes. They can say what they want to, what happens, what happens. Then you get out of the meeting and it went well and you feel extraordinarily relieved. That means that you were lying before you got into the meeting. Y'all see where I'm going with this? See, the truth is, is I was trying to be faithful while white knuckling it. I, if I don't admit, if I don't say anything and I refuse to acknowledge that this is hard, that somehow it'll just work itself out. You know, 
the Lord's never actually worked that way in my life or anyone I've ever known. Yeah. He's actually always required that while being faithful, that you showed active intervention. You showed active intercession yeah. like Isaac did. We're going to get into some more here, but that one verse summarizes 20 years yep. of barrenness. Wow. It sounds as if it's just a moment, but the truth is, is this was just the summary of the kind of husband that Isaac was for 20 years. Come on, get that. And they didn't feel the need to talk about every year that happened in there. This reminded me of Mark 9, 24, and we're not going to go there, but... I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. It's an odd thing that both belief and unbelief seem to be able to exist in your heart at the exact same time. But the question still remains, where did Isaac learn to do all of this? Good question. You know, well, our minds were drawn to Genesis 22. Before we go there, let's engage with this. And I'll let Gabe pick up. How easy, is it, how easy is it for us to read scripture, it is one verse, and we just skip right over it and not really consider what that one verse means? So many times that the one verse may be 20 years, a decade, a period of time, but on this side of history, we read it and we just blow past it. What Gabe is saying here is, is extraordinarily powerful. Where did Isaac... A man of God learned this kind of faithfulness and deep conviction that for over 20 years he interceded for his, inter he was an intercessor for his wife. There's a significant portion of us here that can't remember 20 years of saved life. But if you had to summarize the last 20 years of your life, it probably wouldn't be faithful intercession before the Lord. But there's a place that he learned it. Genesis 22. We have to remember in Genesis 22 that Isaac is not a child anymore. He's an active participant in what is going on. And he saw the faith of his father who had fought for his existence for decades. Yeah. Willingly obey the Lord to lay him down and die. Why? Well, Hebrews eleven nineteen says that Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So, to come away with two points for your encouragement that were encouragement to me. It is a mark of the people of God that they face barrenness. Kaysen, we're going to see your baby. Yeah. Nick and Anna, we're going to see your baby. Amen. And rather than feel disenfranchised about it, remember that this is what your patriarchs walked through. And your God has decided to honor you with that privilege. Listen, guys, this is incredible. When you actually take time to meditate, you actually take time to consider all that the Lord has done, you will come away with the fact that he is still in the business of bringing life right out of death. Ain't that right, Cody? He's been doing it since day one, since you and I met at that clubhouse, man. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop in our generation. He's not going to stop in the generation after us. He's going to do this until we have every single nation represented around the throne of God. It's his business, and business is good. His business is very good. There's nothing hard for a king. 
You would know it by seeing how he's always interacted with his people. From the time of Abraham, the time of Isaac, Jacob, the entire nation of Israel, and even the nation of Israel today. That with the cycles of difficulty, the, the death to life and the life to death, the times in Egypt and the ten plagues, we've seen this over and over and over again, that the character of our king is that he has always been faithful to his promises, he's always been faithful to his covenant, and he's always been faithful to his nation, the nation of Israel. Always. In fact, in Hosea chapter 2, we see just how much the groom cares for his bride. If we could pull up that slide. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak to her heart. Then I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Accor as a door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out from the land of Egypt. Skipping down to verse 19. And I will betroth you to me forever. Indeed, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. Do you see, do you see the patient endurance that he has towards her? I do. To draw her out to a place where he can speak to her heart? so that he can cultivate her, bringing her to a place of hope for the purpose of causing life to spring forth and full restoration to take place. The complete, I mean, the com unification like no other unification, yeah. complete unification of the bride with her groom is his goal. Yeah. Consider this, nobody is, has waited as long as the Lord is currently to get his bride. It's a very long engagement period, and he's patient with his bride, cultivating his bride. LCM, we want to say this. If he does this for the nation of Israel, and we know that he does, it is no different for us. We are undergoing the exact same process. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, we have to learn as his bride to rightly reflect the character of our groom. So, husbands... We're speaking to you. The only way to properly cultivate your bride is to match how the Lord has dealt with you and Israel for all time. Right? We don't have to go outside to figure this out. Think about how he deals with you, how he ministers to you, how sometimes he brings you out into the wilderness so he can speak to your heart and get your attention. The encouragement is that Israel is his bride and we are grafted in with them. So, therefore, we get to display the same attitude and character that nothing is too difficult for us, say us, us. as leaders in our homes, as leaders when it comes to our marriage covenants and pastoring our wives, as leaders when it comes to parenting our own children, and also as leaders as working in teams with brothers. So, the Lord has given us these things, and I, I think it was a prophetic word from Pastor Nick regarding Genesis 32. How when we showed up to the king, it was with rags. It was worse than rags, actually. And what he's transformed inside of us and what he's produced inside of us is something beautiful. He's given us wives. He's given us children. He's given us teams. He's given us vision. He's, he's, he's telling us where we're headed as a community. Let's not treat the things that he's given us as a burden. 
Let's not treat it as something that is just, it's just on us and we just have to bear up under it. No, 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 no. It is a gift. It is a gift from our Father that he places these things on us because he's making us and he's perfecting us into the bride of Christ. And so in the same way that he does it and he's patient with us, we also have to do the exact same with our families. Man, I have two girls. One, one is three years old. Another, another is nine month old. <laughs> it's a lot of work raising kids. But we have to have a prophetic eye of what they will become. How is it that he could look at Abraham and say, hey, you are no longer Abram. Your name is now Abraham, even though he had zero children. We also have to have that kind of prophetic eye in pastoring our wives, speaking life into them, pastoring our children, speaking life into them, and ministering to our brothers and speaking life into them as well. Church, are y'all picking up what we're putting down? Oh, yeah. We had no desire to belabor a point. We wanted to speak as precisely as we could about these topics. Yeah. And the truth is, is we're getting ready to land the plane. Yeah. We wanted to give you one final example to help us demonstrate, but an example that helps us demonstrate our faith, that nothing is too difficult for our king, though through actively interceding. Mm. We're going to Genesis 3, verses 19 through 20. You guys in Genesis chapter 3? We're also taking this one from the ESV. <clears throat> We're going to pick up in verse 19. It says this, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Catch verse 20. Then the man called his wife Eve. Because she was the mother of all the living. What? Did y'all catch that? He did what after being told that he was dust and would return to dust? He heard what the Lord said about his wife and turned and prophesied to her what she would be and gave her the name Eve. Because everything was so great. (laughs) Because everything was going so well. No, Abraham showed himself to be a man because in the midst of rebuke, in the midst of his greatest failure of his life, knowing that he had caused all mankind to come after him would have to deal with the repercussions of his act. He saw what the Lord would do for his bride and he called it out of her. Think about how difficult that process may have been for Adam. You're in a perfect world, no issues. You you ruined everything. It was going so well. But think about this. The father is speaking about his wife and that there's a seed that is coming. And Adam is not just, he's not far from his mistake. But Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And Adam hears God's word even though he is going to die now, yeah. he's going to return to dust, looks at his wife and speaks life. Says, you are life. You notice he said, it says she was the mother of all the living, not that she will be. This is him speaking life into his wife, regardless of the circumstances in the natural that he can see. He has taken the word from the king of glory and he's saying nothing is too impossible it's never been, not now, and it never will be. What kind of faith should that rise, should it cause to rise inside of us, LCM? 
What circumstances are you dealing with? What situations do you think is too difficult for your king to speak to you? And I know that he already has. We have scriptures on our walls. We have mezuzahs. We have prophetic words. We have team meetings every week, and we hear it again and again and again. Can we take the example that Adam is showing us in Genesis chapter 3 and say, regardless of how difficult it is, if when it's my fault, I ruined it, and say, but you, mighty God, I believe, and I'm going to speak life based on your word. This is what it looks like to be in the kingdom. Not because we're perfect, not because we get everything right, but because though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises rises again. again. And I learned this from you, Pastor Eric, that you're only wicked if you stay down. Elson, we have to stand. We have to stand in the midst of difficulty. We have to stand when things are hard. We have to stand when we have eternal enemies and external enemies and say we're going to still speak life because our king is the king of glory. I know most of us don't like Adam very much because of the mistake that he made. But when you see the kind of man that he turned into immediately after rebuke, makes me wonder next time I'm in the car after getting a pastoral rebuke to my family. <laughs> now, we want to come full circle here and tie this back to Genesis 18:14. Yeah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Of course not. Of course not. At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Well, church, is anything too hard for the Lord? Of course not. Of course not. Which means that we must show faith by actively interceding. Because it is not too hard for us to do anything he said. Because he is with us. What promises and requirements have you not done because you considered them too hard? With your spouse. With your kids. With your team. You may not have said it out loud that it was too hard. But you hesitated to actively intercede in the situation. And therefore have made the statement, that issue, that is too hard for my God. LCM, our king has not changed, and what he will do with his nation is something incredible. Our God is the highly disputed and undefeated champion of creating life right out of death. Out of shalom, out of, out of chaos, he brings about what is beautiful. LCM, when he speaks, existence bends to his words. He was doing this a long time before you came around. And a long time before he created you, and he will be doing this a long time after we return to the dust. He has cut a covenant with his people. He cut a covenant with his people in Genesis 15 while Abraham was asleep. And he is going to bring about that promise and that fulfillment while yet Abraham is still sleeping. What is left for us, LCM, is to fulfill our purpose in our generation by rightly reflecting our groom's words with our very actions. We must recognize what he has spoken was meant for us to bring about into a reality. So here's how we repent. Stand to your feet. Apologies. Here's how we repent. We have to identify the areas that we are showing with our actions in our heart that this is too hard for God. Then we need to actively intercede in that area. 
by seeing what God has said and proclaiming it over your bride, over your children, and over your team. And God willing, when they write about our lives, they'll be able to summarize 20 years in one verse that we actively interceded and the Lord came through. I love these unplanned moments. I've been doing this for a little while, and Charlie and I know what it's like to stand for a long time to see the days that we're living in. Before we get into repentance, Wurubong did is the right way to do that. Bold, unashamed, stand up and declare before the people of God what you think the Lord has said. It's masculine, holy faith, and it's the only way to do it. Good job, Ubong. I spoke with a brother this week that boldly declared to me that he would die for the mission in Europe. And a few seconds later, he was telling me how unsustainable his job was. He just couldn't do it. I want you to hear something because we're going to model it. This is Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You want to get somewhere with God? Be steadfast. Be immovable. Boldly stand up and say what it is that he has declared to you and refuse to be moved off of that spot. The brothers were honest. We've all had moments where our knees shook. We've all had moments whether, where we wondered, did I do something that messed this up too bad for God to fix? Have we had those moments? But they should be a moment, a brief moment. It is cowardly, it is pusillanimous, and it is immature to decide just not to talk about it, to not put it out there because you might be embarrassed if it doesn't happen. Faith boldly, steadfastly, immovably says what God has declared and you put yourself on public record so that you cannot back down from it. Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can. Nobody knows how to punctuate this sentence. The ESV has an explanation point. Some have a question mark. You don't know how to take it when the God of the universe realizes you're not sure he can do what you said he said you would do. If you can, Jesus said, all things are possible for him who believes. Immediately. What was that word? Immediately. The father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Boldly, steadfastly, immovably. Some of us need to take a stand right here with our families and say, this is what God has said, and it will happen. 
I'm not going to look at you anymore, Jesus, and say, if you can. Instead, I'm going to zero in on the real problem. Help me in my unbelief. That's how you build churches. That's how you build families. And that's how you get your kids. I want to encourage you because I've been doing this a while and I know you. Let me just, let me, let me nail a few. Stephanie, your life is not over. You have the same calling on your life you've had from birth. And we're going to stand for it and we're going to see it happen. Mandy, you are going to be married. Look at me, Mandy. I prophesied it then. I believe it now. I will stand till the very end. You are a pastor's wife. And you're going to make an amazing pastor's wife. Amen. Don't you let anybody back you off of being steadfast, immovable. And it hurts to watch Everybody else around you experiencing the fulfillment of a promise you're waiting for. But it makes it glorious. And your wedding is going to be glorious. Are you waiting on a promise and you've gotten quiet about it? You've gotten to the place where you're like, God, I hope they don't bring that up. I'm sick of every bonfire, somebody reminding me of it. I don't want the calendar to keep going by. Help me in my unbelief, mighty God. Help me. Because it is only those that have a forceful kind of faith that see these promises fulfilled. Let the sentence about your life be the single sentence. They were barren, but he prayed. 20 years was a single sentence. Your life's going to be summed up in one sentence or another. They either trusted God and walked in the ways of the faithful before them, or they did not trust God and walked in the ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. You're going to get an epitaph. But you get to decide how it's written. Anybody in the faith has been written off. Anybody in the faith has been criticized. Anybody who is genuinely in the faith has the very worst critic living inside of them. Stand up. Be steadfast. Be bold. Be immovable. Our God is able to perform what he has promised. Gabe, I'd like you and Minnie to stand right there. Now y'all can all stare at them awkwardly. Or right now... As you are thinking about this, we don't say damn good and well in church, do we? You know for certain, verily, verily, I say unto you, you know where you have backed off of a promise. You know where you have. You're hoping to God, you saw me call out two women's names and you're hoping I don't call out yours. Stand up. Come take your place down here. Yeah, you guys are going to have a child that you hold in your arms and raise. How we get that child is irrelevant. I remember when it seemed impossible you would be married. We're standing in things that God has made possible.
Y'all face the congregation. Did you see how Ubizi did this? Brother, just look way up tall at that beautiful girl. And he boldly declared his intentions. Will you stand and fight with them? There is a pile of dead giants behind us that ought to be giving you encouragement. We've decorated our walls with it. The only way that God gets glory is if we declare in advance what will happen. And we stand on that. He gets no glory from the quiet, I hope it'll work out. And that's cowardly. It belongs in some other church. Stand for what God has said for you. Stand. Declare it. Yes, ma'am. Come down here. Anybody on the fence right now? Anybody sitting out there and like, I just don't know if I want to make this kind of issue of it. If you don't make this kind of issue of it, don't pretend you have saving faith. But if you do, bones will rattle. Sinews will come together. Muscles will form. An army of God will stand up that actually believes he is who he says he is. We've made a business out of the impossible. We're going to pray. You guys down here facing the congregation, as we're praying, pray out loud. Yes. Yes. I don't want you to miss out on your moment. Anybody else? That's right. Y'all don't, you do not belong. These are beautiful girls. Shaped in the very, y'all don't belong in a corner. Nobody pushes Mandy in a corner. There will be some single young man out there, Mandy, who will wake up, scales will fall off of his eyes, stupidness will be circumcised away from his thick heart, and he will recognize what God has prepared and fashioned for him in advance. God's willing to stake his name on you. Why are we not willing to escape it? to stake our reputation on God's name. Yeah. So as we pray, you guys are going to boldly declare out loud the thing that you're scared to say, that you don't want out there. So Gabe, Minnie, for you, that is definitely going to be, we are going to have a child, okay? Mandy, for you, that is definitely, I am going to have an amazing pastoral husband. I hope you're listening, One Association. You may miss your opportunity, but God won't miss his. Each of you, Red, Gabby, that's, we're going to hold the baby in our arms. Okay? I want you to proclaim it. We'll do it all at the same time. Nobody's listening to you. Get used to saying it. Get used to standing on it. If you're in this audience, I guess this means that God or Pedro fulfilled all of your dreams. I, I don't know, but I'm glad we singled these guys out. Intercede for your, look, Damon's like, I think I'm living in my dream right now, but it was impossible a month ago. My God, was it impossible, Damon, but God did it. Come on. We're going to begin to pray. I know our God, he loves these kind of Elijah moments. He's God or he's not God. 
He's either deceiving us or he's leading us into truth. It's really that simple. Father, I thank you that you are who you said you are. Father, I thank you for this bold faith in the front of this room, for these brave men and women that are standing for your promises. Lord, we say in advance that we are witnesses of what you have said to them and about them, and it will be for your glory that it is done. 